We're going to do this first hour of Anything Goes Q&A. If you have a uh, question, a comment, a topic, go ahead and jump in right now. Um, if you are listening live on uh, Let'sTruck.com or our new affiliate, TNC Radio, give us a call, 855-950-3835. Looks like everything's working. Then, after the first hour, as long as our technology holds up, we will take a break. We'll come back. You'll have to redial in for questions, but we will open it up for destination health. Uh, we're going to start adding shows as we can. I know we're kind of pushing the technology issue a little bit, but we want to get back on the air. We're getting a lot of requests, and uh, I want to thank everybody for their support as well. All right, so... Let's uh, let's take the test to the next level. Let's see if we can get uh, if we can get a caller on with us. We're going to head off to Texas. Eric, welcome to the program. You were sounding good the whole time. Actually, it sounds like you've got a new microphone. We are. I... Go ahead. Yeah, we're we're back to my broadcast headset, so I'm hoping it does sound better. Okay, so what was happening before was uh, you would turn your head to look at your computer screen or take a note, and you'd get quiet, and it would sound kind of tinny. And then when you turn your head back, you'd get a lot of bass, like uh, like your normal voice. It sounded really good. Uh, that, that was previous, but you sound really good today. Good. So what we figured out was, believe it or not, that was actually just a blue parrot headset through my phone. It was the quickest way to get back up and on the air. And they're so noise canceling that, like you said, if you just, even though it's a headset and the thing's right in front of your mouth, if I just turned a little bit, you'd lose that much volume. Plus, the sound quality just wasn't that great. So I think we're up and running. You sound good. And, uh, uh, I think we got it for now. We'll see. Out, outstanding. So uh, you had a caller Friday that called in and said uh, that you don't get the voltage drop on a uh, uh, start module like you do on batteries, and he is absolutely correct, and this is the reason why. Uh, capacitors put out at a high voltage um higher than a normal battery and it puts out all voltage until it's completely dead uh at at the set voltage that it puts out the maxwell start module charges between 10 and 18 volts and puts out a 16.4 the uh the scale start puts out at 17.1 volts so when when we say there's no voltage drop, maybe we're just talking past each other a little bit. I think what you just said makes sense to me now. So let's say the either one of them crank for 30 seconds. What you're saying is that whole 30 seconds, I'll get that voltage, and then when it cuts off, it just cuts off completely. It cuts. Is that yes, right? with the with the capacitor, it'll cut off completely. With a with a battery bank, it'll start off at 12.4 volts, and then go 12.2, and then right, and then 12, right. and then 11.8, and then <laughs> seven, six, five. Uh, that's how that works. But I, I got, got some other information okay. about. I got some other information here uh, that I found kind of interesting. Uh, searching through uh, prepper sites, 
and people that are trying to be off grid about capacitors. Um, people oh, okay. are actually using people are actually using audio capacitors, and now they make them in a group 31 size uh, for amplifiers to take care of the initial load. So uh, you know that a that a refrigerator doesn't use much power while it's running. Right. All the power that it uses is during that motor start. And motor starts with low voltage are hard on motors, and it's also oh. uh, hard hard on batteries. So what these preppers are doing is they're taking a two-post capacitor, not a three-post like the Maxwell or the uh, so Cell Start. That third post and, is the isolator, right? Yeah, well, what that third post is, is yes, that third post is an isolator. So okay. the Maxwell start module and the Skell start have a, have a charging isolator that only allows it to draw uh, 10 amps. So that's that's all it will draw uh, okay. off, of, off of your regular batteries. It's just 10 amps. A and and audio, then... I, I just yeah, want to ask because I want to make sure I'm understanding this. So it it's actually kind of a limiter. It limits the the draw to 10 amps, and it stops the flow the other direction, right? Yes, it does. And when it when it okay. when it limits the flow to 10 amps, it also has to lower the voltage. So the voltage going into the capacitors is not the 12.4 or 14.1 volts that you're that you're putting out for your batteries or your alternator. That's not what's going into it. Uh, what's okay. going? That's what's going into that little post, and then that little post uh, isolates it down to 10 amps. You know, it's trying to draw absolutely everything that it possibly can, like we talked right. about Ohm's law before. It's going to draw everything that it can, and it might be uh, 250 amps. Oh, batteries okay. are not going to last with 250 amps. <laughs> So what it right. does, it limits it down to 10 amps, and then it charges the capacitors at like three to five volts. Okay, so and then when now it, we're and talking then when it, similar yeah, to like a trickle charger, and I have a trickle charger where I can actually set the amperage all the way down to like one or two, I think. So that's kind of the same thing we're talking about here. We're limiting the amperage because that is a better way to charge the batteries, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Now it's output, it's output on the other side depending on which which model you have. Uh, uh like I said the scout the scale start is 17.1, the uh the Maxwell start module 16.4. It puts out a full 16.4 uh volts at its maximum amperage everything that the that the starter is wanting to use. If the starter okay. had more drag to it, your battery, your uh, uh, start module will go dead faster, and it would put out a higher amperage. Uh, the got amperage it. can't be cannot be limited, so that's why you've got that third number on that uh, um, start module. That but makes what, sense. What these prep what these preppers are doing is uh, they're taking their house batteries and they're using like AD batteries. Uh, 8D batteries, or they're using, which is the great big battery like you've got in your, your coach, 
uh, right. or Group 31, which they most of them are using Group 31 because they're cheap. So yeah, yeah. And, and easier to get. Oh yeah, way easier. Yeah, you just you, you go to any any store and you can buy one. You can buy one at Walmart. Uh, so they they put their battery bank together, and then the thing that's using the power the most their electric their uh, uh, twelve volt refrigerator, actual refrigerator like we have in a truck. Uh, they will run a, run their their wires to the refrigerator, and just prior to the refrigerator, they will take and put a capacitor in there. And they're using these Group 31 um, audio, start car audio um, capacitors, the, the same size as a, as a truck battery, uh, in order to do the hard starts, the things that, uh, that take the most amount of power to start, but don't necessarily take the power to last. And what that's doing is that's adding three times the normal life of the what? regular group thir- three times the normal life of the regular group thirty one uh AGM batteries. Three You're kidding times. me. That's these, incredible. These batteries are lasting these batteries are lasting twelve to fifteen years. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. And I'll tell you I just um, I wanted to replace the house batteries because they're about four years old. They're not really performing all that well on this trip. It's been cold. I haven't been plugging in a lot, so I was trying to depend on the inverter and the batteries. And I ended up running my generator most of the night on those really cold nights. So I'm at Pittsburgh Power. I thought, you know, they must have a good battery distributor. I'll go price these things. The last time I replaced them, back at the factory shop where I always get my work done. Uh, I have six of those 8Ds. Um, Batteries, delivery, installation, everything was right around $4,000. We just went and just priced the batteries themselves and almost $6,000 without shipping (laughs) or installation. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now, those those 8D batteries... uh they're about three times the size of a Group 31, but you can't quite put a Group 31 sideways in that hole. So if you would have to modify the hole completely in order to convert over to Group 31. Yeah, I know. And my thought was at these kind of prices, I'm I'm wondering what I could do with something like lithium-ion if I'm going to be spending this much money. Right, or, or or phosphate, iron phosphate. Yeah, maybe even phosphate. Yeah. So. Yeah, six six thousand dollars. I think. Uh, well, like I said, you might have to do a little bit of cutting and some changing. Uh, battery sizes are going to be a little bit different, but it might be well worth it. But what you are know, the greatest I, draws? What are the greatest draws on your uh, uh on your on your motorhome there, the coach? You got well. You've got the starter <laughs> itself, right? Well, no, because I have six house batteries in that size, but I also have two of those 8D batteries for starter batteries. So those are my starter batteries are separate from my house batteries. So I have two more of the 8Ds for a starter, and I just replaced those before this trip, so they're good. So my biggest draws, um, I do have a full-size residential refrigerator. Um, I have a washer-dryer unit 
It's actually, it's one unit. You put your clothes in dirty and they come out clean and dry. Uh, I have, I should probably look up what kind of draw that thing has. I've got electric heated floors. Uh, I think I've checked. They draw like eight or nine amps when they're on. Um, microwave coffee makers are usually pretty hard on that, you know, initial heating. Um, that's probably it. All the lighting is 12 volt, all the, you know, fans and that kind of stuff's 12 volt. So those are probably the biggest draws. You could probably get away with about four of the car audio size, uh, capacitors and the, the uh you know the the group 31 capacitors for car audio you could probably get away with four uh putting one in your kitchen and then the three that that run to the other things like the uh the washer and the dryer uh you'd probably want to put two on it and then one for the actual starter itself uh 9 amps i don't think i'd uh worry about that for the floor uh but they're only like 340 bucks a piece wow Wow, and if but, they really increase they, the life like that, that's incredible. They are they are a two post though. Okay. Now I haven't I haven't checked so, I haven't tested it yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna test it on this truck. I'm gonna buy one, and I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna run a wire directly from it to the starter. But of course, it's gonna you know run straight across to my batteries also. So the batteries will get just yeah. a little bit of draw. But mostly it should turn over the truck uh substantially faster. Um, Interesting. Yeah. We're gonna um, we're gonna give I, it a I'm, shot. You know, the last time I checked into the Tesla wall, the home wall, um, when it first came out it had a certain capacity and it was about five thousand dollars. And I actually put in, you know, contact me when this is available. Nobody ever called me. Um, then a year or two later, they released their second generation, and they said the capacity doubled, and so did the price. It was about ten grand. I haven't checked in a couple of years, actually. I think it's been almost two years. But if you know I'm going to spend gen- six thousand, if I could get a Tesla wall for a thousand or ten thousand, I'd think about buying one and trying to put it in there. The the Gen One weighed. 1200 pounds the chen 2 weighs like eight. Oh wow i didn't even know that was a difference and honestly it, it you know when you're putting it in it's an issue but once it's in i could care less about weight in this thing right yeah yeah put it put it low and, and roll with it yeah absolutely yeah so i may go back and look into that again if these batteries are that expensive and uh boy think about all the cabling i'd save Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna do a little bit of te- I'm gonna do a little bit of testing with that uh, car audio um, capacitor and then see if it works. If it works, that might be a little bit of a solution. Uh, it's not gonna turn over uh, like a Maxwell start module would because you're gonna draw some. Your output voltage is gonna be like 13 13 volts. Uh, but you're also going to be down on voltage on your other three batteries are connected with it because it's not isolated by itself. Got it. Got it. But but it should huh. it should lower that hey. initial draw substantially. 
Hey, you know, while this you started this because you found this with the preppers, which isn't unusual. There's some uh, there's some pretty creative people in groups like that. Um, you know what's interesting is I keep hearing on mainstream media they are putting out constant warnings about cyber attack threats from Russia. And I don't know if anybody's paying attention or if they understand what that could mean, but I'll go back to all the things I've said about prepping. The first thing a lot of people need to realize is you better have cash. And I don't mean cash in the bank. I mean physical dollar bills that you can put your hands on. Right. And the good news is since interest rates are so ridiculously low, there's really not a lot of point in having any of your cash in the bank right now. So get a safe you know, even if you had to use a safe deposit box at the bank, you got to hope the bank doesn't close for some reason. But so if you could do it at home, a gun safe is a great place. A lot of people have gun safes. You stick some cash in there. And when I say some cash, I mean, probably as much as you have access to. Yeah. 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 Probably as much as you have access to and 10,000 would not be too much. What good is it doing you sitting in the bank earning nothing, and if something happens, you can't get it? And two, they could attack two different ways that would cause that. They could attack the financial system directly, and we know they can do it, and they'll shut down banks, and nobody will know what their account balances are, and you won't be able to withdraw. Or we know they can attack the electric grid, which would also put down the entire financial system, and you wouldn't have power. So they, we absolutely know they have been in both of those systems, and they're capable. I think the only thing that's stopping that lunatic is maybe he's worried about retaliation. But if this keeps getting worse, he may not worry about it. He may just launch something, and I really hope people are prepared. You know, speaking of shutdowns, did, uh, did you hear about that newest city in China that just got locked down? Uh, I think it's pronounced Shaysun. I saw something, but I've had so much going on. All I saw was a headline. I really didn't stop to read it. What's all that about? Oh well, I, I don't know. I walked. I was walking to use the restroom this morning at uh, two o'clock in the morning, and walked past. Uh, a TV in the driver's lounge of a Flying J, and it was all over. All kinds That's of not good. And I didn't have a whole lot of time, but uh, yeah, they're, they're locking it completely down. Yeah, I heard it was caused by some new big outbreak, uh, COVID outbreak of all things. Um, but you know China, they, all throughout this, they claim like they have two deaths a day. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, you got a billion people, and and you claiming like nobody's dying from COVID in your country. Um, so I think it must be pretty bad if we're actually hearing about it, because they try as hard as they can to cover that kind of stuff up. Oh yeah. Well, I'm gonna let you get back at it. Uh, like I said, All right. it, your your headset sounds way better than it did, so maybe maybe that'll kind uh, of kind of make the sound a little more even most of the time because most of the time I was running the the volume up and down and up and down because my wife is over here working. 
Yeah, so here was the issue there. One, my quality was horrible with that headset, so we knew that was a problem. We're, uh, now I'm on a broadcast headset, so that helps. But the other thing now is I ran all over Pittsburgh all weekend long um, grabbing equipment. So I got to a guitar center, so I have now I have a physical mixer. So now I have individual control. Like just a second ago, Aaron said, bring the caller audio up just a little bit um, because it was a little low. And now I'm able to do that. So now I will. And, you know, my last setup at Sirius, I had no control over any of that. That was all done at the Sirius studio. So now I've got control of that. So if we get feedback, somebody says, oh, you're. That that call was too loud. I can just change that on the fly now. That is awesome. Well, you have a great day. All right. Thanks for the call. Great information, by the way. I uh, I love that kind of stuff. All right. We um, we've got lines open. Uh, looks like we have a ton of people listening. Uh, our listener numbers go up every day. We are trying to spread the word a little bit at a time, slowly. Um, Again, we don't want to aggravate everybody with our uh, technical issues, but we have lines open. So if you're listening right now on either platform, give us a call, 855-950-3835, 855-950-3835. You know, we got to start uh, – it seems a little odd, you know, to talk about the websites HealthyTribe.com or TruckyTribe.com because mostly um, that's really who we're broadcasting to. I mean, those people know every day what's going on. We're really not promoting the show and the live stream anywhere else right now. Um, but like I said, we uh, we brought a new affiliate on, so we do have some listeners out there that are hearing us maybe even for the first time. So I'll give you kind of a rundown. Um, today, during the what we call our free-for-all hour, you can ask me, well, just about anything. Um, I know that might sound a little weird, but I'll go over the topics that we cover quite a bit uh, and I guess why we can take those kind of calls. So clearly anything trucking related, uh, engines, transmissions, specs, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires in alignment, anything physically to do with the truck, call me. Um, we have other segments for that as well. Like tomorrow we'll do a show at the power hour. And then I have uh, two mechanics and an electrical engineer join me from Pittsburgh power. And we take calls and questions about maintenance. Think of it like uh, the old NPR show, Click and Clack. Um, what was it? The Tappet Brothers. Uh, it's that kind of show. Call in and we'll do our best to troubleshoot you over the air. Figure out uh, what your next step should be to solve maintenance problems. If you want to learn about getting better fuel economy, I've been testing and helping people with fuel economy for almost 30 years. We also have uh, uh, Joel Morrow and John Walco that joined me on Fridays. Um, both of those guys have just incredible knowledge of fuel economy. Uh, so that's, uh, that's kind of another segment that we do, but you can ask me those questions any day. On Wednesdays, we do a show called Destination Health. 
where I help drivers um, really, really learn how to live and eat well on the road. Uh, if you're new to the show, get prepared for some pretty incredible testimonials uh, on health. We're, we're pretty proud of that show. We've helped a lot of people and we want to help a lot more. Uh, I was a, a, and I am a functional nutritional therapy practitioner, so I have uh, a lot of background in nutrition. I'm also a certified financial planner. Uh, not anymore. Technically, I'm not licensed anymore. I don't keep my license up every year. Uh, but I have all the training, passed the exam, worked as a, a certified financial planner for a couple of years. So we can talk about retirement accounts, uh, stock market investing, real estate, financial planning, estate planning, taxes. Uh, I actually ran a tax and accounting company for 20-some years, strictly for owner-operators and drivers. So all of these things we talk about, all built around the trucking industry and the driver and the owner-operator. So um, I, I went through that, like I said, because we uh, we have a new affiliate we're streaming live with this morning. It's our first test. And I have a feeling a lot of those people uh, may not have ever heard my show before. We're going to grab some calls. Let's, uh, let's go to Wisconsin. Tim, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, how are you doing? Doing good. What's on your mind today? You sound uh, terrific. Uh, whatever you did to the audio, it sounds just like old times, so that's great. Well, at, at one point last night and the night before at about 1.30 in the morning, I think if you would have walked in the coach, you would have seen me rolling around on the floor wrapped up with cables like spaghetti. It got so bad for a while, but I think I got it figured out. Yeah, sounds great. A uh, couple of things. Uh, first question is, is with your uh, internet uh, mobile, how come you never or considered going to Starlink? I have. I just haven't been able to get one yet. I've been on the list for a long time, and I've had no contact from them at all. Somebody recently said that you connect. There's a way to look around the country and see where the lists are shorter, and just say I want one in this area, but ship it to a different address. So we need to look into that because if I, if somebody would give me one, I would buy it right now. I mean, that, that's really yeah. what we want to get to. And I got to tell you, I was really happy with one of my mobile routers for the first two weeks. Not quite so happy with the other one. Now for the last five days, well, however long I've been in Pittsburgh, neither one of them are working. They're both throttled back to nothing. Well, I just got my Starlink Friday, and um, like you said, I had a, I think I had to wait a couple months to get it. You know, they put you on the list, and all of a sudden they tell you, hey, it's shipping, and so I got it, and uh, we don't even have it permanently installed. We have it sitting on the deck, and um, yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive. I mean, it, it works really well, decent speeds. Uh, of course, at my age, I had to have the son-in-law come and hook it up. Not that it's difficult. But, <laughs> no, um, I, I, yeah, I get it. Aaron actually just got his, and he loves his too. So we have to figure out how to get one. And if I can't yeah. figure it out, I might sneak into Aaron's house at night and steal his or something because this isn't yeah. going to cut it. Um, I, yeah. I I've got emails into both of the hotspot companies, and I'm not, here's the thing. When they work, 
I love them. It is amazing that I can just, you know, throw the TV on while I'm working if I want. So, you know, kind of can keep my eye on the news during the day. And um, it was working great. And I don't get it. How? And it wasn't like I could have run out of any kind of a, of data because if that were the case, it would have happened in a day of watching TV. And I got a good solid two weeks out of the one router with no problems at all. And now all of a sudden, neither one of them will get anything. They're, they're both getting less than a megabit up and down now. Yeah, yeah, but uh, that Starlink, it's pretty impressive. Where I live, uh, we had some options, but, boy, that thing for out of the box, um, it, it works really well. And I would think that that system for your, you know, would work really well, too. So I, I think that... Um, uh when i'm uh when i get off the air today i've got to move the coach back into pittsburgh power they're going to uh we've got a whole list of stuff they're going to do they're going to give me my new uh performance tune so i'm excited about that but i think while i while they're working on the coach i may just go work on the starlink thing and just get this figured out i just need to like i said if somebody had one here i'd buy it today i just have to figure out how to get yeah. one yeah. Hey, uh, quick thing on the yogurt. I talked to you last week. Uh, so uh, that yogurt recipe I was looking for, which I found, was for treating that SIBO and SIFO. And uh, so I ordered up uh, those bacterias. And uh, But uh, I had I don't know if you remember, I talked to you about my wife having an uh, issue with the dairy. So my next batch, I'm going to do it uh, A2 half and half and see if that makes a difference for her. That's how I make mine. Um, the Alexander Farms A2 half and half works amazing. If you can find that, it comes out rich and thick and you don't have to strain anything and taste is really good and that, that's just a really clean dairy. And yeah. I, throughout my life, I've had issues with certain forms of dairy that kind of mess with my digestion a little bit and I am eating a ton of this yogurt now and no digest. In fact, my digestion is, I don't know how many times I can keep saying this. I think it's as good as it's going to get. And it actually just got better with the yogurt. So yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. You know, uh, what will be interesting, Kevin, is, uh, you know, give yourself three to six months on that yogurt to see uh, what that does to your uric acid levels because, you know, after reading, you know, all the books, you know, like you told us to read, and um, in that one book, you know, Dropping Acid, the one, it was interesting book, uh, but the one thing I thought was kind of interesting that he never expounded on was about the microbiome, because he, he did go off on that, and then he kind of, he went in another direction, but I kind of think I, that's where it's at. I, I was actually disappointed in the book. You know, I ordered it way back when. I've been really excited about it. I thought it was going to be a lot of new information, and it really wasn't. You know, he it, there was new information about what uric acid does in the body. So I did learn a little bit about, you know, different functions, different things uric acid does. I didn't really learn any new solutions. You know, if if you're you know, if you follow what we talk about on Destination Health and you're eating some sort of a paleo-based diet, you're you're almost already doing just about everything he was recommending. 
And I'm like, wait a minute. I have a lot of people that have been doing that for years, including myself. And some of us still struggle with high uric acid now and then. So I think you're right. I think it is going to come down to the microbiome. And I, I wish he would have spent more time or maybe he just can't. I mean, maybe the information just isn't out there yet. And, and that's why, you know, what we're doing, experimenting with these specific strains, making the yogurt. You're right. I think in four to six months, we may look at this and say, wow, here's, uh, you know, here's what's happening and it's working. I'm also... Um, uh, you know, I'm looking, well, I'm thinking while I'm talking here and I'm watching our uh, our tech, but I, I think I'm going to skip doing the Destination Health Show today. Um, I have a couple things I want to tweak on the tech. We had that little problem at the beginning I got to figure out. Uh, and with all the stuff I need to do on the coach, I think I'm going to skip it today. Um, so what, what I'm going to do is while we're talking about it, my open was going to be about the new diet that I developed, wrote, and then never started until this trip. And I kind of planned it that way. I, I, when I'm by myself, especially in the coach and traveling, I can eat really, really specific. It's a lot easier. I'm not cooking for anybody else. So I, and I'll, I'll, I've mentioned it before. Um, I'll throw it out there. We're going to get it published and written up. But basically, we're calling it fermented carnivore. I'm really looking at this saying, okay, we know when people eat all animal products, it works really well. It's powerful. They get quick results. It's easy to understand. Then we know that the microbiome is really important, so we want to feed it. And what's the best way to feed it? What if we, one fermented foods of all kinds. So now to our carnivore diet, we add any fermented food you want to eat. I mean, I can't think of any that we wouldn't eat. So any fermented food or beverage, kombucha, kefir, real good yogurt, like we're talking about, not the garbage at the store, uh, all the fermented vegetables. Well, I'm even looking at some fermented meat recipes that I might be willing to attempt here soon fermented seafood then on the vegetable side you know we could either add starch to feed our microbiome and if some people can handle starch that that's not a bad way to go what about the people we really don't want eating any starch we want to get faster results well if we look at things like leeks garlic asparagus they're loaded with prebiotic fiber so I'm now saying, look, if you like the flavor of garlic and leek, add it to all of your fermented vegetables. In my opinion, it makes them all taste better. I'd like to add garlic, leek, and jalapeno. And if we start doing that, and we're really only eating animal products, and all of our vegetables would be fermented, and we're adding the other fermented foods, I, I and I'll, I'll give you an early um, kind of a result. Remember when, you know, we first started keto and I still say it now, if I need to do a project, I go deep keto, everything starts to work better. That happened, I think, even more right now. My brain over the last couple of days feels like it's connected to a super computer someplace and they just keep feeding me new ideas and data. It's like, 
so I, I don't even want to go to sleep at night. I'm still up running ideas around, making notes, working on things. But then when I do go to sleep, my sleep is also finally improving. I, it, it hasn't improved in a year of me working on it. And now all of a sudden, my sleep is the quality is getting much better. Not so much the length. I'm still sleeping short. But the quality is so much better. Like I, I mentioned the other day, I slept five and a half hours without waking up once. It's like the first time in a year. So I really think this fermented carnivore shows a lot of promise. Well, if it's any uh, indication, uh, my sleep has been better, and I would attribute that to uh, you know being on the El Ruderai now for quite a while. And right. I noticed, I, I mean, it's kind of amazing. I noticed that... Boy, a short period of time. And uh, as you said, that drop acid book was a little bit disappointing. There was a couple things in there. But, you know, like Dr. Davis said in regards to the microbiome, um, we're at the infancy stages of that. And, um, you know, when you go and you check off all the potential things uh, and there's not much left that you can do, right? I mean, you've pretty much done it all. Right, and then, right. Uh, so yeah. so then you go, well, maybe maybe this is, as I would say, the fountain of youth, you know, if there's such a thing. And uh, I really believe it. Uh, one quick story. My daughter, who's been seeing a functional medicine doctor now for about nine months, uh, so uh, uh, she developed alopecia early on. And uh, anyway, uh, they found uh, that she had a thyroid issue and uh, was phenomenal. Uh, they did very well. Um, so they have her on a on a prebiotic, and uh, it's kind of funny. So she got diagnosed as having dysbiosis. Now, they didn't say she had Sybil or Sifo, but they said she was dysbiotic. So uh, they gave her a uh, probiotic, and it's probably 10 or 12 things in there, and, and probably three-quarters of them are that lactosibilis strain of all these different microbes. And uh, so and it's pretty expensive. So... Our next yogurt batch is going to be that, and uh, but I, it's pretty interesting. I I really think Kevin, I you know I'm up to about forty books now, not not like you yet, but um, I really really think that the microbiome that is where it's at, and um, you know one book I just uh, got and redid was uh, Wheat Belly, but the new version of Wheat Belly and. Uh, I got to say, that book is so good. There is so it much is. information. It's probably it the the best book that was ever written, by far. You know? Health-wise, I am so glad that that was one of the first I read. And I have to thank Matt. Um, Matt read it first, recommended it to me. And I, I, I was just fascinated by that book the whole time. And I, I haven't read the new version yet. I might go back and do it, though, because the first one was so good. Uh, that really kicked things off. So, like I, I said, I'm glad I read that first. And, I mean, you can kind of tell. I mean, what was my big kick for a long time? If you're only going to do one thing, quit grains. Nothing else oh. will make a bigger difference in your health than quitting grains. And and you know what's funny, Kevin? I, I, I don't know. I, I guess it never clicked in my head. But... I never looked at grains as being grass. 
I, I, I always thought they were like a different category. And I know, me too. That, that's what they are. It's eating grass. And, you know, we but, were never meant to die, you know, to ever consume but, grass. Never. It, we can't we can't digest it. And it, it, cows no. can. Cows can. Cows right. stomach that's but cows have multiple stomachs because it's so hard to digest grass. It's it's basically the same structure as a tree. I mean, it'd be like us trying to digest tree bark or wood. I mean, it, it's the same cellulose structure uh, because think a lot of these grasses could actually grow up to a plant that starts to get pretty darn woody. Uh, and that's yeah. what we're dealing with. But the other thing that interested me was, and you'll remember this from Wheat Belly, but we don't really use this phrase much anymore or talk about it, but I thought it really helped me get the idea. It's not the grass that we even eat. It's the seeds of grasses that right. are the real problem. Right. right, exactly. But it all stems from it being a grass. And the funny thing is, is that people get confused. You know, we can actually eat grass, but we can't digest it. And that's where people get confused. You know, cows, uh, I used to deliver feed to a uh to farm, so I could tell you stories about what they do on the big so, farms to get production. Uh, oh, but bet. it's funny. I, oh, I, you can't believe it, Kevin. But you know, if and that's where the fermentation process really is important because if we can, so you could take these things and ferment them, and guess what? Now we can start pulling some of those nutrients out of that stuff. Um, and again, I mean, like Dr. Davis said, we this is just on the cusp of... Hey, of, hey hold of, on one second. I hate to do this on live radio, but some... Oh, there they are. They just came in. Yeah, come on in. Step step up. Good, but I'm, I'm live. Nope, no problem. I just told everybody, oh, you brought me something? How nice. Thank you. All right. Thank you. You can set it down anywhere. All right, so uh, Pittsburgh Power just brought a delivery to me. More more equipment to get me uh, to improve my audio quality here. I still have a couple ideas. Um, yeah. You know, I, I kind of like this whole more casual approach to the whole thing anyway. Um, so, he, yeah, here's another interesting thing about the grass thing. So we know that ungulates, I think that's the right word, animals with hooves, I think they're called ungulates, cows, deer, those kind of things, goats, um, somebody will correct me if I'm not right. They can eat grass. That's what they should be eating. But they should not be eating the seeds of grasses either. No. No. No, in and fact, that's what what's we funny do. We, is... We, we feed them the grain, which is the seed of the grass. It's so close, but it's so totally different. They can't digest that. And that's why they have all the issues with they need antibiotics and, and all the other crap. But it's weird that they can eat the grass but not the seeds of grasses. We can't eat either one. Well, here's what's funny, Kevin. Like in the cows, you know, so they give them corn, but most people don't realize exactly what that means. It's not like they're taking dried corn and putting it with their feet. If you did right. that to a cow, a cow cannot digest that. That would just come out the other end. So what they do is they grind the corn to find powder, so then it's 
more assimilable uh, into their digestive system. Uh, and that's the way that is prepared for them uh, so that and they can digest I, it. And I, it seems to me, again, I'm not really up on this topic a lot. I know a little bit, but it seems to me like if we were just to feed them straight corn, I've even heard that it will ferment so much in one of their stomachs that, like, you could almost blow the cow up. Like, I think I heard stories of, like, they, like, cut a hole right through the side of the cow into the stomach to relieve that. Is that true? Uh, for certain things, that is true. And, um, uh, you know, like even, um, you know, like deer, deer, antelope, um, elk, never meant to eat corn. But, you know, what's funny with them is that, um, and this happened in my state, uh, you know, a lot of people around where I live want to feed the deer and they give them corn. But these deer here are all around agriculture, so they've been eating those products forever through their generations. I, so right. There was a, there was a die-off of some elk that got into corn, and that's exactly what happened to them because that – when their digestive systems are not accustomed to eating that, uh, th that'll kill them. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, that's, that, and, that's uh, what I thought. Uh, and, 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 you know, in, in agriculture for cows, uh, they have, each farm has their own nutritionalist, you know, at least the big farm, and they have yeah. multiple. So think of this, Kevin. It's like building a race car, you know, trying to get the maximum ho horsepower and torque out of an engine. Uh, and you have the top mechanics to do that. On mass farms, they do the same thing with cows. The nutritionalists try to get the maximum production. And, I, you know, I, <laughs> there's been a lot of well, farms where I live where, where, they, where they just kind of get that wrong and they wind up killing a lot of cows. Well, here's another way to look at it. We could actually say that eating grain for a human being will kill you. It just does it really, right. really slowly, but it will kill you. Right. That's not human right. food. We shouldn't be eating it. It kills you slowly. We're, we're probably killing those cows, but they don't really care because that's the whole point of it anyway. It's not like they need to keep the cow alive for three or four years. They don't even want to. They want to raise that thing and fatten it as quick as we can. So we're we're probably just about killing it with that diet, but it doesn't matter. Well, well, Kevin, you want to hear something funny in regards to that? Um, theoretically, dog food, uh, you should be able to eat theoretically, right? Yeah. But, yeah. but on every package of dog food, it says not for human consumption. Do you want to know why that is? I know why that I, is. Do you want to know why? I'm going to guess because I think I remember reading this a long time ago. Isn't it like loaded with penicillin or something? Well, here's what happens. So I met, uh, long story, but uh, I met uh, a guy that had a business where they would drive around and they would pick up dead animals or uh, dying animals and they would slaughter them. Uh, for dog food, right? And all the dog food companies would buy all this meat product. The problem is, is that um, there's no FDA, USDA certification, so all these animals can be loaded with whatever drugs. Okay. They can be loaded yep. with 
penicillin, if the animal was sick, whatever drugs they gave that animal could be loaded. And that's a, it's not just cows. It's cows, chickens, pigs. They do everything. Right. So they, right. they grind all that stuff up, and then they go, here, uh, it's good for your dog, but it ain't good for you. I mean, <laughs> yeah, so that, that, is, that is such a red flag. I just, you're right. I mean, my hey, wife I, and I, we, I, uh, two years, we started feeding our dogs basically better than most people. We, we give them meat. That's what we give them. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, you the, know, the other crazy what, thing I just realized, the a lot of the raw, like, freeze-dried, we we feed Diesel a lot of raw freeze-dried treats, like freeze-dried organs, liver and all that. He loves them. But on every bag, the warning goes even further. It tells you as a human, after you've touched these, you need to go wash your hands. I'm like, wait a yeah. minute. This is clean yeah. Clean organ meats. It's been freeze dried. The only reason I'm thinking they they're even putting that on there is because it's raw, and they're so worried that our microbiome is such a. I don't wash my hands after I handle that stuff. My my Kevin, system I had, should be able to handle that. My wife and I have been raising Rottweilers since uh, early '80s, right? Long, long time, and uh, we've had like 14 of them now. So. The last 10 years or so, we've had a bout of dogs having can't, just weird health issues. Can't explain yeah. why. And uh, so we switched uh, to meat, and uh, we, you know, we'll break it up with rice and some veg, a little vegetable. So got the dog at the vet the one day, and I tell the vet what I'm feeding my dog, and she looks at me and she says, you can't feed him that. He needs to be on a balanced diet with vitamins and minerals. I go, oh my I go, god! I go, I go, wait, I go, wait a minute. These dogs are descendants of wolves. I go, exactly. you know what? A, have you ever seen what a wolf eats and what it eats first? It eats the organs in the gut. I go, are you kidding me? If you even supplement your dog's diet, like I said, with just the freeze-dried organ snacks, that dog is getting way, way more nutrition than it ever gotten all that garbage dog food that's on the market. And, and I know this sounds funny, but this is like a little test because you can control the environment 100%. Your dog, right? Take yeah. your dog and give them a raw meat diet and see what happens to them. They're, they completely change. If you want to learn about nutrition and what happens to your body, bowel movements yep. and all that, that, that is simple. My dog, yep. that, you know, when we fed them packaged food, two big piles a day. Now he's <laughs> once every three days. Once every three it's, days. He's healthy. Right. Doing phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, it, you, just brought up, you just brought up something interesting. Because when I was doing the research on these dog companies, you know, is it really good quality? Is it truly, you know, organ meat? I was doing all of that. And here's something they test with dogs that I honestly wish we would test with humans. And it's a little gross, so I'll warn people, but, you know, it's no big deal. So when they test dog food, one of the tests they do is exactly what you were talking about. They absolutely measure precisely the amount of food the dog took in, and then they precisely measure the amount of what comes out the other end. And the idea yep. is 
the less that comes out the other end, the better quality that food is because your body's actually using it for something. I thought, right. well, what a simple thing that is so telling. We've never done that with humans that I'm aware of. And here's what's funny, Kevin. So if you want to see, like I have one dog that likes to eat twigs and sticks, right? Well, you can tell right away that their digestive system does not digest that, right? Exactly, it out, right. So, but, yeah. it, I mean, it's a little crude, but that really kind of gives you an idea on, new, on how digestion works. And, yeah, their system's a little bit different than ours, but... Not, not that much. much different. No. Yeah. Not no, they're they're different. pretty and, similar. Uh, that's that's why we were and, able to live together so well. And what's funny is you, you know, because you can control one hundred percent what they eat, yeah, right? Exactly. And if you have a if you have a dog that's overweight or got health problems, you change their diet. It is the most dramatic thing that you will ever see. And it's pretty incredible. You know. Yep. It is, and it's the same for humans. It's the same thing, you know. Yeah, take yeah, out the carbs, exactly. take out all grains, right. and it's it's pretty. You know, it's it's funny, Kevin, because it's the body's very very uh, complex, but it doesn't take a very very complex diet to fuel it. <laughs> I the the statement I made when I had Dr. Davis on the show. I said, you and I could, you know, get so geeked out about all this stuff happening in the body. And then we could throw in, you know, Dr. Perlmutter, and he'll really complicate things with what's going on in the brain. And then we could bring in, you know, Jason Fung, a nephrologist, and he'll complicate what's happening in the kidney. And we could just go on and on and on. And the complexity is insane. But I said, in reality the user's manual for the human body shouldn't be more than one page. It's and, really and that. You are, you are right on. I mean, and I think what people get in the weeds on, you know, you, you don't have to get so complex. You know? Not at all. Uh, the only reason, The only reason to do that, to even read all of those books, is if you want to understand what's happening underneath. But a lot of people might Correct. just say, well, hell, I don't need to know that. Just tell me how to live, and I can I can live better and just move on with my life. I don't need to know all that stuff. Kevin, one stat in his new book, uh, and maybe it was in the old book, but uh, they talked about products in a store, right, like 10,000 products. Do you know what that number is? You know, years ago, you know what that number is today? 60 thousand different products in I, stores. The first number 60, that popped to mind was, was going to be 65,000. I thought it was right in that range, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, so... That's that, and here's the thing. Here's the crazy thing. They all have the same base ingredients. Wheat, corn, and soy. Yeah. 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 And, and just about everything uh, has got high fructose corn syrup in it. So, I mean, you might as well just drink poison. You, you might as well. Hey, Tim, great stuff. Got to cut you loose. I do want to grab one more call. Uh, we have gone over a little bit, but uh, I got started late, so I have an excuse. And uh, I want to get to Murray in BC. Murray, welcome. Morning, Kevin. Good, uh, good to talk to you. I guess it's probably afternoon for you now. We're approaching. Uh, it, three, four minutes past. Yep. There you go. Now enjoy your lunch. 
Um, you've been getting a lot of calls lately about the new X15 Cummins, how they instantly want to hold back when you take your foot off the throttle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. There's an easy fix for that. Just double okay. tap the accelerator, and it goes into coast mode. Really? Yep. You know, uh, we, that, we have that, a whole fleet that, of, those, of those pieces of crap. We and 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 I've driven a number of them and and yeah you just you just double tap the accelerator just a quick so, tap tap and and it'll let go. So for all the for all the gun nuts that's easy to remember just double tap. Yeah. <laughs> right. <There you> go. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I, that's an easy way. You don't to have to punch that. it. So, yeah, you don't have to punch it so hard that you start banging the accelerator around just. Just or, or banging the driver line, tap. just just a tap tap. Yeah, yeah, just tap tap. Couple, just couple. enough to so that it, it it so that the 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 computer sees that you're accelerating, and uh, and yeah, just double tap and it'll let go and coast. Interesting, because uh, this this kind of has been on my mind that all of the stuff in our lives these days, our cars, our phones, hell, our refrigerators, our washers, our dryers. All of them are becoming so complicated, and it, it, I know they're trying to give us more and more features, which is nice. You know, it's better than it used to be. Now look what it does. It does this all by itself. The problem I'm starting to see, and, and we're, we're dealing with this challenge as we build out our new technology, our own app, our own streaming sites, our own recorded sites, our own podcasts, everything today is so... It, you can do so many things so many different ways and everything has settings now and you go in and you have to, you know, set things up right the first way. But the problem is most of us with most of the things we do, whether it's software or a device or an appliance, we probably only use about 10% of the power because we don't know all of that stuff is even there. Yeah, yeah I agree. You know, they bring out a new phone update, and how they just updated it six months ago. But the new phone update, you go and read the material, and there were 3,000 changes made. How, come on. Really? Oh. And you're going to do it again in six more months. How, how do I keep track of any of this stuff? How would anybody oh, know, know, other than you calling and telling us on the radio, how would anybody have known that that's all you have to do? Well, the, well, oh, the dealer will tell you, well, just read your owner's manual. Okay, but that thing's about yeah. four thousand pages these days. And and maybe that's in there, maybe it's not. I, I rented one of the company trucks while mine was in the shop uh, like a year, year and a half ago and I got one of those stupid piece of crap X fifteens. And uh and it, it when when I load and I pull out of the rack and onto the street, we've got kind of a downgrade and it was always doing that. And so I would sort of feather the accelerator to, to sort of so it wouldn't do that, and then I discovered that if if I feathered oh. it twice, it would coast. So I tried it, and then I, I I was my truck was in the shop again, and so I rented another one, a different truck with with the X15, and discovered the same thing. Well, my kid works for a competing company that has a whole fleet of those things, and so I asked him, and he says, "Oh yeah, I've just drive me crazy." And I said, "Just double tap it," and so he was driving, and he did right there. And yeah. Turn up, See, let we, go. So it's obviously a program either, issue. Yeah, we either figure it out through accident or we use things enough, and then we go, oh, look, this is all you have to do. But everything we do now is getting so – and, like, I'm one of the worst offenders. 
I love technology. I want to be the first one to go try everything because I think it's so cool. But it also, at some point, it can start to add a lot of stress to your life because that's a lot of stuff to try to keep track of. How does this work? How do I do that? Oh, I didn't know it did this. Look, it, I can do And it's just, it. like I said, I think I remember one time, if you look at a, uh, a spreadsheet program, um, you know, numbers on a Mac or, or definitely the Windows version um, of a spreadsheet, they say most users aren't even using 2% of the capability of that program, and yet the next version, they'll add even more stuff. Yeah, that we don't need. It, yeah, and our whole life just seems to be like that. Maybe, yeah. Maybe the future needs to be, okay, Give me the full blown version, or give me the uh, you know the coffee maker for dummies version. Just give me a nice simple machine. Maybe it's still electronic. Maybe it still connects to my Wi-Fi. But do I really need all that stuff? I think uh, I think we need simplified versions of a lot of this stuff. I agree. All right, my friend. I will uh, I'll let you go and find some lunch and play with your new electronics. It's my turn to load anyway, so. There you go. Thanks for the call. Great stuff. Uh, we are going to wrap this up. So uh, thanks for all the support. Uh, thanks to our new listeners. We're excited about that. I'll find out uh, how all of that went when I get off the air. Oh, you know what? Um, Angie just sent me over a quick uh, question from email. So I'll go ahead and answer this. And and. Just know you can post questions up on the two sites, HealthyTribe.com and TruckingTribe.com. Maybe we'll even start a post at the beginning of every show. So if you want to type in questions, I'll do that. And I can usually get through a lot more topics that way, too. Here's the uh, question Angie sent me. Will taking a cough drop, sugar-free Ricola, or toothpaste disrupt my fast? If so, what could you recommend as an alternative? So there's a lot of questions about fasting. Will coffee break my fast? Will, um, you know, NDK coffee break my fast? Technically, anything, I think the way they claim is anything with calories, or there was even a certain number of calories, maybe it's like 10. And honestly, I'm not even sure how they really figured all this out. Here's the way I would look at this. Let's not get too crazy about a cough drop or brushing our teeth. I, I'm not going to worry about if that has any kind of an impact on my fast or not. Uh, I really doubt that it could. And even if it does, it's not like it could take away 100% of the benefit. It, something this small, if it took away 5% of the benefit, I'd be shocked. So let's not get too crazy. Um, for me, when I fast, I almost never do a true fast. I almost always keep my coffee in the morning and my bone broth in the afternoon. That, to me, is a really good fast. I still get tons of benefits from it. Um, energy levels go up. Brain gets clearer. Uh, so I would not get really crazy about you know, does something really small break my fast? All right. So, uh, again, thanks to the new listeners. Um, we kind of gave you a little taste of what the show is like. Normally, we will move through callers much faster. Right now, it helps me to kind of slow down the show a little bit so I can 
kind of talk and kind of work on the technology and some other things at the same time. Uh, so I was really taking a lot of time with calls. Plus, on this format, we just don't have the kind of call volume we used to. Uh, some days, it's kind of hit or miss. The, the other day, I couldn't even get to all the calls in time. Today, we just didn't have a lot, although we had a lot of listeners. That's growing. We really appreciate it. We will continue to make this experience better and better. And uh, a lot of people are already enjoying the access to all of the recorded shows, and they never go away. So if you want access to those, go to HealthyTribe.com or TruckingTribe.com, and you'll be able to find all the shows organized, and you can listen whenever you want. Um, we're uh, we're going to wrap this up. So we will see you back here tomorrow, the schedule for tomorrow. I will open with my hour of general Q&A, and then we will go into an hour of the power hour. And uh, it, it should be fun. And this is another reason I want to go work on my technology. I think with this new board setup I have, I think I can bring both Ethan and Pete into the coach with me and have them here. And uh, Bruce is out west, so we'll have to get him on the phone. But I, I want to test that, so I need to work on that a little this afternoon as well. We will see you back here tomorrow. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.